The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Your host is Ellen Etoff, the soulful sex coach. Our program will take you beyond the sex you've been experiencing and open up a whole new world of intimacy. You've got a lot to learn today, so let's get started. Here is Ellen Etoff. Are you ready for an ecstatic love life? I am. And today it's going to be just you and me up close and personal, as personal as you'd like to get. You know, over many years, I've noticed that there are some common obstacles that people encounter on the path to deeper intimacy and ecstatic lovemaking. And these are obstacles that can really set you back or hold you back from getting there in the first place. And I've personally experienced all of them, which is why I've noticed them for other people and asked about them. And most likely, you've experienced them too. So today, I'm going to be my own guest on the show, and I'm going to discuss these obstacles and some ways to clear or overcome them. This is also an opportunity for you to ask me your personal questions about obstacles or anything you like, live on the air. So here are the primary obstacles I'll address. These are my names for them, but um, as I explain, you may find that you have other definitions or other uh, descriptions. So the first is what I call the touch trap. The second is resistance to pleasure and connection. Third is old wounds. And the fourth is the push-pull dynamic. So as we get into these, I'd love to hear your experience with these and any other obstacles you've run into and any solutions you may have discovered, because I certainly haven't figured out everything. And this is an opportunity also for you to ask me your personal questions live on the air. So you can call me during the show, um, the live show, of course, at 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795, and that's a toll-free number. And if, you, um, if you're outside the U.S. Um, or just don't want to call in uh, by phone, you, you're welcome to ask me questions um, or send comments via email, which is uh, to radio show at ecstatica.com. That's radio show, one word, at E-X-T-A-T-I-C-A.com. And just know that this is an email that's only for use during the radio show. So I don't ordinarily respond to it. So, um, you know, I'm known as the Soulful Sex Coach, and I found that ecstatica.com, and I'm the host of this uh, Voice America radio show, as you probably figured out. And I thought I should just tell you a little about myself first. Since I usually introduce guests, I'll introduce myself in a little more depth than I might otherwise. So, sort of credential-wise, I'm a certified hypnotherapist with a master's degree in East-West psychology, and that's a marriage of Western psychology and Eastern spiritual traditions, so that that marriage of 
you know, the psychological, emotional, and spiritual has always been really important to me. And over the last 20 years, and I've helped a lot of people, many, many people, um, enjoy deeper intimacy with ecstatic lovemaking. And I've really focused on clearing out the cultural inhibitions and sexual wounding that get in the way of that. And over the years, I've developed a number of innovative technologies and methods to help people kind of get through all that really quickly and efficiently and uh, without sort of head tripping and talk therapy and connect deeply also with their spiritual source through sexuality and intimate relationships. And since 1991, I've been using these vibrational technologies, including sound and colored light and subtle energy to help people release and heal from sexual and relationship trauma. And I can tell you about some products that I've developed relative to that. But I thought I might tell a little more of my personal story than I usually do, just to give you a sense, a greater sense of who I am and where, where I come from um, relative to all this. So I was raised in a really, you know, not ultra-conservative, but pretty conservative household. I was considered a goody two-shoes, pretty much, <laughs> through high school. And even later, probably till I was in about 20. And um, I was raised in the Sacramento area of California. And I was very fortunate to have two parents who were really in love with each other. And I felt loved. Um, you know, they're the usual issues and families that a lot of people have, but I had this vivid memory when my dad would come home from work with my mother greeting him at the door um, and kissing, and I would like grab one of each of their legs and want to get in on that hug. I'd be like about five years old, and I remember wanting to participate in that loving energy and, and grab some of that. And as the years went by, um, I was pretty much a late bloomer. I, you know, I had boyfriends, but I was a pretty late bloomer sexually. Um, I actually traveled with um, a very conservative musical show when I was, you know, 18 through for about two years, uh, I did this. It's called Up With People. So I was singing and dancing and doing um, publicity for the program and so forth. But it was very conservative. And so I was not getting into any trouble, so to speak. But later on, I definitely uh, caught up, and um, there was always this longing for that magic that I perceived my parents had. Now, they had their ups and downs, as any couple does, but that, coupled with what we see in the media, um, really made me long for something deeper, and, you know, I went through... uh, Adulthood, I raised two kids. I had a very happy marriage, actually, for 20 years. But I found myself growing in my need for that spiritual connection to go along with the, um, the, the uh, what I had was a very happy sex life. I was very fortunate in that regard. But I, I did find more and more wanting something deeper. And as our relationship ultimately ended for a variety of reasons... Um, that was still something that was a very deep longing, and I just didn't know how to get there. And um, there was a point where I, you know, I met somebody, and I was sort of briefly introduced to this other realm of what I would call sexual ecstasy, and it was a sense of really going beyond our everyday personality. 
and finding that place of unconditional love that didn't have to do with being in love. Hope that makes sense. Um, only this was a short-lived relationship, unfortunately. For a lot of reasons, it didn't really have much to do with either one of us. Um, but then I was sort of left going like, oh, my God, what happened? How did I get there? How did he get me there? How do I get back to this state of what was the most, the first glimpse of true sexual ecstasy I'd experienced? And I'm not saying just physical sexual ecstasy. I mean where the, the whole emotional heart and spiritual connection was integrated with the physical all in one fell swoop. And it was about a year and a half later um, when I, I have to say, I got catapulted into the realm of sexual ecstasy. And I was very fortunate in that, you know, not knowing how to get there, it just happened. I think I'd been wanting it long enough that maybe that's what invoked it. Who knows? But at any rate, um, at this point, I had already been working for a number of years. This was in the late 90s, actually, that this took place. But I'd been working since 91 as a hypnotherapist, working with colored light projected into the eyes and eye movement and breath work and, and other energetic tools to help people release chronic pain and trauma. And what I noticed was that there was a theme in my clientele um, that seemed to predominantly be about releasing sexual and relationship trauma. In fact, my very first uh, client was a man who'd been molested by his uncle when he was seven. And so that was kind of a theme, and I'd been quite successfully working with helping people release these kinds of blocks in their life uh, very quickly, meaning just a few sessions, not like years of therapy. And, you know, I was starting to get things like cards from people who were, you know, getting married, and it was pretty exciting. So, um, in the late 90s, though, when I had this personal um, transformation, so to speak, I started focusing on, like, what is it that helps people experience ecstatic lovemaking? And my partner and I were going, like, my God, why doesn't, you know, how come nobody told us about this? And how do you help other people get there? And then I was, um, well, I was in grad school at this time, getting my master's, and I heard a speaker discuss her research. Her name was Dr. Jenny Wade. She was a professor at the Institute for Transpersonal Psychology. And she spoke about this research she was doing on people who experience these uh, transcendent sexual states without any psychotropic drugs or any um, meditational techniques or any practice like Tantra, and asked if anybody wanted to participate in that, if they'd had similar experiences. And, I, and she read some of her case studies, and I went, oh, my gosh, there are other people too. So I volunteered and um, ended up becoming a subject in her uh, nationwide research. And then when her book, was about to be published, she turned to me and she said they wanted her to do workshops and she didn't do workshops on sex. She was a consciousness researcher. So at this point, I already had launched Ecstatica and I didn't really know what I was doing with it, but I was putting out these love tips just trying to share what I knew. And um, next thing I knew, I was being asked to present a how-to workshop at this international conference on sacred sexuality in Santa Fe, New Mexico. 
And over the years, I'd been reading everything I could get my hands on and taking other people's classes, and it was all starting to come together. And I remember being up in the Sierra Nevada mountains by this little lake, um, and I had my little Winnebago RV, and I was camping there, and I was reading and laying in my hammock and meditating and taking notes, laying in my hammock by this little lake. And it it started to clarify. It, I started to clarify it, and it came to me as these four keys to sexual ecstasy. And that sort of took me on um, a journey to share the positive side of the spectrum. And that I'll get into more in a later time, but I just wanted to share with you that this journey, but at the same time, I want you to know that no matter how ecstatic your lovemaking is, there is still the everyday relationship to deal with, unless it's the one night stand, which it can be, but still, you've got the relationship issues in your life to, to deal with, and that's where these obstacles come in. Um, I will say that having a a fantastic sex life kind of puts you and your partner on the same page to deal with the trials and tribulations of everyday life, whether it's kids or finances or the stress of work or health issues. um, It does give you that that sense of team spirit. But um, I wanted to give you that as a little background um, now that I've come full circle and get into some of these obstacles. The first one is what I call the touch trap. Now, this particular uh, obstacle really relates mostly to couples who are sleeping together, but some of these other obstacles um, don't necessarily have to do with being in a couple, so stick with me if you happen to be single. We'll get to, we'll get to things that will apply to you as well. But anyway, the touch trap is something that especially people in long-term relationships uh, often fall into, especially in bed. And, you know, kind of like when your partner rubs your back or kisses your neck, you may think it's a signal they want to have sex. Now, it may or may not be. They may just want a little kissing and caressing. Now, that kissing and caressing and hugging and touch is really important for a relationship because oxytocin is a brain chemical that is stimulated by touch in general, stimulated by non-sexual touch as well as sexual touch. Uh, For example, mothers and babies, when they're touching each other, stimulate oxytocin in both. And it's called the bonding hormone. It actually makes you feel bonded with the person you're touching. So I recommend it highly for... um, for all couples on a regular basis, um, not just in bed, but sometimes bed is a great place to have that cuddling and touching. Now, the reason I call it a touch trap is the is based on the interpretation people make of um, the signal that the other person is giving. So, and I find I've asked so many people about this, and you know they say it happens to them. So one person may be more inclined to be physically affectionate than the other. Some people are more demonstrative of their affection with hugging and kissing and even fondling at almost any time. And and other people are not as comfortable with those kinds of expressions except for specifically sexual foreplay. So when sex is not on the menu, some people 
are kind of reluctant to be affectionate in bed because it could trigger an expectation of sex when they're not really interested in it at the time. So let's give an example. Let's say, this could be man or woman, it could be reversed, it could be a same-sex couple, but just for the example, let me say in this case, it's the woman and she's initiating caresses and hugs and maybe even kisses because she feels like sharing love and affection and closeness. But not, it's not necessarily a signal that she wants to have sex. Now, her partner may think that it's an invitation to have sex. So, it could go one of two possible ways most likely. If he's too tired or just not in the mood for sex or stressed out or whatever or mad at her, he might pull away. And then she'll feel rejected and they'll miss the opportunity to share that touching and closeness that would benefit them both and kind of stimulate that oxytocin and help them feel close. But if the man's in the mood for sex, his response will be sexual, which is fine if the woman can get in the mood. But if she really just wanted to cuddle and caress and not have sex, he may feel confused and rejected when he declines her offer of having sex. So whether he pulls away or presses for sex over time, when she just feels like playing kissy face in bed, she might be reluctant to show it because she's going to either risk rejection because he's not interested or undesired sex because he thinks she means um, she thinks he thinks it's an, an initiation for sex. And then the situation can be reversed at times, obviously, until eventually both partners are afraid to approach the other for physical affection in bed because it opens up this emotional can of worms. So what's the solution? Well, I think the solution is to talk about it. You know, and by the way, maybe this is one situation where you can talk about it in bed because you're, it's time for pillow talk and you're not actually having sex. But basically, I always recommend talking about your sex life when you're not in bed or not about to have sex and probably not right after you had sex. So some other time of day um, is a good time to bring this up and then you can kind of explore the possibilities for loving caresses and affection and when it's understood you won't be going all the way. And you might even... Um, Give each other, come up with a signal. It's like, okay, three taps on the, on the knee. That means you are interested in sex or some other little nonverbal signals that you give each other to know that you are or aren't interested in, um, in sex at the moment. So there's no miscommunication. And you might even find that it's worth exploring on occasion some kind of low energy genital penetration without full arousal and orgasm. This can really be deeply emotionally satisfying in a way that complements your lovemaking on other occasions when you have more time and energy um, for going all the way. Okay, so right now it's time to take a little break. And when we get back, we'll get into the topic of resistance to pleasure and connection. Okay, be right back. So stay tuned for more on Ecstatica. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's being called the easiest way to have mind-blowing sex. 
Why? Because it turns average sex into incredible sex without you doing anything different. And today, you can see it for yourself in a free report. Learn how easy it is to stimulate greater sexual passion, enhance libido, and easier multiple orgasms for women. Experience new levels of intimacy as old sexual inhibitions melt away. And it all happens when you simply play a special type of music while you make love. How is it possible that nothing more than just playing music can give you such incredible sexual encounters? Because this music is enhanced with a special technology called auditory pheromones. Learn how scientifically proven auditory pheromones unleash a wave of sexual passion, intimacy, and pleasure, and free the body to experience maximum arousal and stimulation. Get your free auditory pheromones report today at musicforbettersex.com. That's musicforbettersex.com. Health is in your hands. What you do and what you don't do sets the course for the path of your life. Listen for wise chats, simple talk, profound wisdom with Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook. Through this series, we'll explore energetic approaches to health and healing that provide practical and personal solutions. Our guests will share ideas and insights that will help us all adopt new behaviors and create lasting internal shifts. Wise Chats can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. is ecstatica the way to an erotic ecstatic love life do you have questions or comments for ellen etoff or her guests call in live at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to radio show at ecstatica.com now back to the program Hi, welcome back. So this is Ellen Etoff discussing obstacles on the path to deeper intimacy and better sex and some ways to um, clear out these obstacles or overcome them. And the second obstacle I'm going to discuss is resistance to pleasure and connection. So this is often an unconscious tendency to resist the very pleasure and connection we so deeply desire. Like, have you ever found yourself having, you know, being in a sexual uh, experience and then the pleasure getting, and this could be by yourself as well as with somebody else, but the, the experience of the pleasure getting so intense that you found yourself backing off? Or maybe you've had the experience of merging so deeply with your partner that it scared you and you had to kind of back off psychologically, emotionally. So... And who among us has escaped the cultural and personal messages of guilt and shame, you know, around pleasure and indulgence? You know, it's a big no-no. Aren't these some of the, the, the seven sins or something? Anyway, um, did you ever suffer unpleasant consequences for actually being open or vulnerable or totally self-expressive? You know, sometimes we get... We take it a shot and then we get beat back and it just doesn't seem worth it. Uh, So we may think we want 
more pleasure and connection. And then we sabotage ourselves, unconsciously fearing it. And perhaps in a couple, one or even both of you goes numb physically or emotionally or sets up an unintentional blocks to your responsiveness during lovemaking. Um, and what can happen is um, the impending pleasure or the you know, impending intimacy or the deeper you get in terms of intimacy, um, the more it can kind of amplify your fear of losing your partner or possibly losing yourself or both. And this can also be true if you're single. One of the reasons some people find it difficult to get into um, an intimate relationship or stay, you know, happily in an intimate relationship is the fear of, you know, that that vulnerability, fear of the, the connection, the pleasure. And, you know, really when these patterns arise, they're generally, because they're unconscious, they're typically are sort of designed by our subconscious to protect us at some point in the past. That's how they got started. So the best thing to do about this obstacle is to be aware of it and notice when you tighten up or pull away or start to resist, you know, a deeper sense of intimacy with your partner or deeper pleasure in lovemaking. And notice if you're reluctant to let yourself fully feel pleasure or even space out during the act. So if any of this happens, a really valuable thing to do is to get in touch with your body and your sensations. Your your physical body is like a, a transmitter of the information from your emotions. And your emotions are like a message from your you know, your brain. Uh, or your subconscious, you know, telling you that you're, you know, fight, flight, love, you know, go move forward, move back, whatever it might be. So our bodies can be a real um, sort of bellwether. And like if you notice that your stomach is tightening up, one thing you can do is like, oh, you know, my stomach is getting tight. So, you know, first of all, just breathe and notice and just sort of say, you know, is this a familiar feeling or is this indigestion? Well, it's probably a familiar feeling, you know, from, you know, from, gee, is it familiar from a previous time with this person? Is it familiar from a previous relationship? Is this familiar from my childhood? It may be, you know, when, you know, somebody forgot to pick you up after school and you're left sitting on the curb. It can be anything like that. So just start to, the idea is to breathe into your body and let yourself really feel the physical sensations when you find yourself resisting and let yourself then feel the accompanying emotions. And if you let yourself get fully absorbed into these feelings, they really quickly pass. And a little um, exercise that I used to use in my workshops, not that I used to, I still do, um, and that is the two questions. The first question is, Am I willing to be with this experience 100%? Am I just willing to be with it? And that's the, you know, if yes, then let yourself do it. And if it's no, just like, well, hmm, I'm not willing to be with this experience 100%. Um, what is it like to, to resist 
my experience? Am I willing to be with this resistance 100%? And this starts, if you're really willing to be with your experience, like I'm really feeling afraid of this level of intimacy right now, or I'm really afraid of letting myself go into this level of pleasure. And if you just let yourself fully feel the experience and feel it in your body and feel it emotionally, and you just stay with it, it will typically pass pretty quickly. Am I willing to be with this experience 100% with no agenda? Add that piece to it. With no agenda. Not with an agenda for it to change. But if you can just be with it, it typically will change. And um, so that's a really important tip. And if you just let yourself experience what's going on, even if it's not what you'd like it to be in the moment, the mere act of observing and feeling your physical and emotional patterns of holding and resistance is often enough to actually stimulate a cascade of letting go into more pleasure and intimacy. And actually, I came across something um, recently, somebody I hadn't discovered yet, although she's been out there for a while. Her name is Brene Brown, B-R-E-N-E with an accent, Brown. And she's got a few books out, and she gave a TEDx talk. And one of her books is called... um, the gift of imperfection, let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. And her other book is Daring Greatly, How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead. And the reason I bring these up is because her research, indica- and she's done a lot of research on people being afraid to be um, vulnerable. We are terrified of vulnerable. And she found that what it underpins all of this is shame and a feeling that I'm not good enough. And, we, you know, we all know what can be like. We all know that feeling I'm not something enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not beautiful enough or smart enough or sexy enough. Or I don't get promoted enough. Whatever it is, that's sort of underpinning this excruciating sense of vulnerability and you know it's the one of the toughest things to deal with in our everyday lives but it's really I think one of the most important things to deal with on our journey to intimacy because connection is what we really all want and Brene Brown gets into this too about how ultimately that's sort of what we're here for is to connect to connect not only with other people friends, lovers, family, you know, workmates, but also to connect more deeply with ourself and our spiritual source, ultimately to the point where we merge, we recognize that we are one with our spiritual source and ultimately with everyone else and all that is. So I just kind of want to bring awareness. We can't, we're not really going to solve this problem in this show, but it really helpful to be aware of our resistance to pleasure and connection and the source of that being our feeling of vulnerability. Okay, so for the the third uh, obstacle on the path to deeper intimacy and 
greater you know pleasure in sex is old wounds now old wounds um, can be to can be related to a lot of things it can be related to issues like abandonment in our past, embarrassment, shame, and it can also connect in with the one we just discussed, this whole vulnerability and the shame about not being enough of this or that. Uh, it can relate to negative self-image, um, self-doubt, childhood pain, past trauma, and so forth. And um, just not pleasing your partner well enough, or it could be something that happened in a past sexual experience where somebody looked at you cross-eyed or... You didn't come fast enough, or you came too fast, or you didn't come at all, or you didn't touch them in the right way and they didn't like it, um, or somebody freaked out and left, or left before you wanted them to. So all of these things can move us toward, they're, they're wounds, you know, they start to shut us down, have us hold back because we don't want to experience that pain anymore. And the body, again, as I said before, is a storehouse of feelings and emotions and, and experiences. And when we, the trick is, when we enter into a loving sexual relationship, sex can suddenly or gradually trigger a complex array of feelings related to old wounds. That's a little different than just the resistance to pleasure and connection. This is really you know, stimulating more specific old wounds. And I've noticed that for myself and others, at various times in life, a lot of people enter in what I call a recreational sex or adventure sex. And when there's not much feeling, or if they're in a loving relationship without sex, these feelings aren't as likely to surface. These old wounds aren't as likely to surface. You see, it's usually that powerful combination of sex with love that opens up the body as a portal to the hidden realms of our psyche. And what happens then is that we can bump up against the places in ourselves that are blocked or wounded in some way. And the the energy really wants to expand further, but first we often need to clear out whatever is in its path. And it's funny because... A lot of people tell me that much to their surprise, it's just when things are going really well in a relationship that the old wounds surface. And it's almost as if the wounds are saying, oh, there's love here. It's safe to come out now. But if you don't stay conscious about what's happening, they can distort perception and threaten to ruin everything. And this is not necessarily in bed. It can translate from bed to you know your everyday life situation. And like a seemingly minor injustice by your partner or even intense pleasure in bed or a sense of intense intimacy, it can strike a chord of symbolic resonance in your psyche. And this amplifies your emotional response typically way out of proportion with the situation that you're in. And then it's easy to blame the other person. Now, because blame is really safe. Blame helps us not be vulnerable, right? Blame um, is a protective device. So, that's what we do when a major source of disruption resides within us and starts to bubble up like a volcano. And again, it often stems from childhood experiences and, and an adaptive pattern, which might have helped you cope in the past, but no longer serves you as an adult. So, what do you do? 
if this uh, if these old wounds start to show up. Well, I've got a few suggestions. One is first breathe. So breathing really helps you um, focus. It helps you get out of your um, fight flight instinct. That amygdala, that's the part of the brain that gets stimulated when, you know, when we're feeling threatened or overly vulnerable. Uh, so breathing helps us focus on our sensation and our emotion so we can get some perspective. And it's a universally effective way to help you get back into your present time experience rather than, you know, relating from something in the past. So breathe and begin again with the body. It's so, the body is so informative. So breathe and, and again, ask yourself, what am I experiencing right now? And this can be helpful to do out loud. And if you're with a partner, and even if you're alone to do it out loud, because otherwise we get stuck in this mire in our head. But um, ask yourself, what am I experiencing right now? And let your partner just be witness to this. Um, and it can actually be very ending to share this with your partner. So describe your bodily sensations. You know, you can say, oh, God, my heart like, feels really heavy in my heart, or I just feel like sucking my genitals back up inside my body, or whatever it is. And then name your emotions. I feel scared. I feel pissed off, or I feel uh, like running, or whatever it is, and just... Share those emotions and any corresponding thoughts or memories that come up. And you don't have to dwell on any involved storyline. You don't have to overindulge in unnecessary drama. But just note your present experience without trying to fix it. Name it without overanalyzing it. And this is generally what your body and your psyche want, just to be heard and recognized. So let those feelings rise up. And often once you, again... Like with resistance, once you fully experience what you're feeling, it'll change of its own accord because it's like the energy that was blocked finally moves. And you may find that it keeps changing as the emotional logjam begins to break up and, and release. So just keep asking that question, what am I experiencing right now? Um, and what am I experiencing right now? You might even ask, uh, what, is, what emotion am I experiencing right now? So even if what comes up is, I don't want to deal with this right now, that's fine. Just let that come to your awareness so that you can address it when you're ready. So um, we have to take a break now, but I do want to say that when we come back, I'm going to get into another piece of this because sometimes the old wounds are actually significant past trauma. So we'll visit that in a few moments when we get back from this break. So... Stick with me. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. It's being called the easiest way to have mind-blowing sex. Why? Because it turns average sex into incredible sex without you doing anything different. And today, you can see it for yourself in a free report. Learn how easy it is to stimulate greater sexual passion. 
enhanced libido, and easier multiple orgasms for women. Experience new levels of intimacy as old sexual inhibitions melt away. And it all happens when you simply play a special type of music while you make love. How is it possible that nothing more than just playing music can give you such incredible sexual encounters? Because this music is enhanced with a special technology called auditory pheromones. Learn how scientifically proven auditory pheromones unleash a wave of sexual passion, intimacy, and pleasure, and free the body to experience maximum arousal and stimulation. Get your free auditory pheromones report today at musicforbettersex.com. That's musicforbettersex.com. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Etoff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to radio show at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ellen Etoff, the Soulful Sex Coach, discussing obstacles on the path to deeper intimacy with fantastic sex and ways to overcome them. So the obstacle we were just discussing was old wounds. And, you know, I had an experience once, and what I want to say is basically is that sometimes love with sex is the key to unlocking significant past trauma. I had a woman come up to me once when I was, um, I had a booth actually at, at Con- the Conscious Life Expo in San Francisco at one point. And she came up to me and she said, you know, I'm in my second marriage and I've been married just for a year or two. And that, you know, she's really in love and her husband was just a wonderful guy. And she said, all of a sudden I'm starting to have these flashbacks during sex of being molested. And I don't know what this is about or why I never remembered it before, but it's terrifying and we don't know what's going on. And this can occur because, again, it can be a situation where the psyche kind of goes, finally, there's a safe, loving place to come out and let these wounds out in the light can be dissipated and dealt with. And this is a sort of situation where I definitely recommend you get professional assistance in dealing with it. And it can be a rocky road in the relationship for a while, but if trauma's in there, it's really helpful for it to surface to con- to a conscious awareness where it can heal in the light of love and 
instead of lurking in the shadows and unconsciously sabotaging your love and unconsciously sabotaging great sex. And um, this is a good time to um, take this email, Andrew in Oregon, because he writes, he says, my girlfriend seems to sometimes seems to space out and be elsewhere when we have sex, especially when it's getting really good. What do you think is going on? Well, Andrew, thank you for writing. And first of all, this sounds like, I can't say because I don't know you and your partner, and we'd have to hear from her, but it sounds like the kind of situation I frequently encounter with clients where there has been a history of uh, sexual or relation, and the person is actually disassociating. For example, if um, somebody's being relate, being raped, or say repeatedly molested by a family member or friend of the family when they're young, and there's that whole tribal denial. Even if they try to tell somebody occasionally or if they, there's the power struggle like they can't tell, they've been threatened that, you know, such and such will go to jail. Nobody wants their, you know, parent to go to jail and abandon them or the situation might be. Often it's just too much to deal with. So what the child does or even an adult does, if it's a... Um, especially if it's a life-threatening situation, is they disassociate, meaning they have to succumb for survival on whatever level it is, emotional, psychological, or physical survival. They have to allow the situation to continue physically, but emotionally, psychologically, they just go somewhere else so they don't have to experience it, actually. So occur is later on as an adult trying to engage in a healthy relationship that this can happen, that their sort of knee-jerk triggered subconscious response to pleasure or to deep intimacy is to suddenly exit the situation emotionally and psychologically. So, um, and they may not remember. So, it's tricky because the person who's doing this may not actually recall that past trauma because one of the protective devices uh, for the individual is sometimes um, to bury the memory, to bury the conscious memory. And so it goes underground. So, you know, it's, it's a sensitive issue, and, but again, outside a sexual situation, outside the bedroom... It's warranted to, des- to describe your experience, not say, I feel like you are going off someplace. You can st- I really recommend you start with your own experience. You know, like, you know, when we're making love, sometimes when it's getting really intense or really good, I suddenly feel like blown. I suddenly feel like it's just me and your body, like who you really are is sort of like not there anymore. Um, have you noticed that too? Or do you have any idea what's going on, you know, and I really want to be closer to you. I really want to um, enhance our sex life in any way possible, so can we talk about it? And you might find, you know, some gentle inroads there into that that situation. Um, again, professional help is certainly warranted. 
Um, I also want to mention something that I learned from uh, a great sailor named Shantam Nityama. And he talks about, I'd interviewed him on my show uh, some years ago, and he spoke about um, the sexual healing potential of a man with his penis. Um, and in this case, he was describing his penis in a woman's vagina. Like sometimes it just becomes too intense for a woman or there's actual pain. Um, and if it's not because it's pa- sometimes it's painful just because you're hitting on the cervix and that's a very sensitive um, organ. But sometimes a woman will just sort of like resist and it's painful. And one thing a man can do is to just pause in the middle of the act of intercourse and just, you know, direct his loving, healing energy out through the end of his penis, not with ejaculation, but just, you know, um, energetically, and just pause and say, you know, just allow, just encourage her to allow the sensation to speak to her. Like, you know, if this sensation, if this pain had a voice, what would it say? And just, or she can initiate this. She, as a woman, and you feel pain, you might just ask your partner just to pause for a moment. Don't stop. Just say, can we just pause for a moment? And let me feel what's going on here. And then just let your inner voice, just ask inside. Like, hmm, what is this? What are you trying to say to me? What is this inner voice? And just allow whatever bubbles up to come up. It can be very informative and often take you to a deeper place. So, um with that, I want to get to this last um, obstacle, which is what I call the push-pull dynamic. Um, I also have called it the, the unity separation paradox because it's just, you know, it's have this sort of dynamic like a rubber band uh, phenomenon that goes on between two people um, in most any relationship, actually. But... What can happen is, let me give you an example. One thing that I often um, reflect on is that I love to swim. And I particularly love to swim in a warm ocean bay. I don't get to do it very often, but when I'm in Hawaii, um, for example, on rare occasions, uh, when I'm floating in this beautiful, calm bay and like, bobbing up and down with the waves, and the salt water is enough that I can float because I can't usually do that in a pool, um, I feel this like merging with the ocean and merging with the air and all that is, and I just feel like I'm in this total blissed out being one with the universe state. And it's just like I want to stay there forever and you just kind of go on and on and on. And then suddenly with no provocation, it's like, okay, that's enough. I got to be me again. And then I'm ready to start swimming and move around and you know, look around, and I think what happens with a with a partner is somewhat similar. It's like we want to be close, we want to merge, and then if we experience that, after a point, we suddenly, we need separateness. And we need a certain amount of separateness to even want to come back and be close again. But I think oftentimes people misinterpret this. It's sort of like, well, if... If you don't feel like stopping the merging at the same time, you feel like something's wrong. And this is another situation where just speaking your truth is really helpful because um, it's that 
and it's like, oh, I really want to merge, and we're feeling merged, and you're like, why did he pull away? It's like, okay, he felt it, and he'd had enough for the moment, and we have to have our separation. And so this is one thing that if you explore it, and just like sexual appetites or libido, most couples don't have exactly the same amount of sexual energy or the same need for merging. And uh, it's something just to kind of be worked out between the two of you, but just recognizing that you have to merge to one and you have to be separate in order to merge. And that's really the crux of the push-pull dynamic. It's just one of the normal cycles of human life. It's like we can't exhale or we can't inhale if we never exhale. And we actually can't experience pleasure until we've experienced some pain, something to compare it to. So do discuss it and don't take it personally. And I want to get to one more, um, one last email here before we end the show today. And this is from Sarah in Michigan. She says, can vibrators for women be an obstacle to intimacy? Well, this is a large topic actually, but let me kind of give you a few things that I've learned from various people. One is that vibrators could be an obstacle to intimacy or not or actually be a contributor to intimacy depending on how you use it. It's not the vibrator itself. So if you um, enjoy sharing this with your partner and it's part of your sexual play, um, they can contribute to intimacy. Um, some people say that it can make you, um, can numb you out or, re- or um, desensitize you to clitoral pleasure and clitoral orgasm or clitoral stimulation so you can't have an orgasm without it. I've talked to gynecologists about this and they say that biologically that doesn't really happen unless you um, are stimulating yourself for hours on end every day, but it can give us sort of um, an accustomed response or a Pavlovian response that we need that, that we kind of want that much stimulation to have an orgasm. Um, One thing I do want to well, first of all, if you're concerned about it, try just not using a vibrator for three weeks is the number they say and um, and see if your sensitivity increases. But one thing I want to make uh, I want one thing I want to point out is the clitoris is analogous to the male penis. And if a woman has a lot of clitoral stimulation without any internal stimulation of her vagina, it can often stimulate more of her masculine or young energy. And typically, it'll make a woman want to have penetration, either manually or with a dildo or with a penis. But um, if she only has clitoral stimulation, especially this happens with women who are on uh, without any internal penetration, it can overstimulate your yang energy. And if you're looking for a partner with more masculine energy than you have, you might want to be sure to stimulate your own um, internal vagina and your g-spot in order to um, develop more of your it's just one little minor way of many ways to develop more of your feminine energy so that you can be more receptive to the masculine energy out there in the world and bring that towards you so that is all we have for today all we have time for so if you missed some details show or you'd like a transcript of the show or any of my other Ecstatica shows on Voice America, um, please visit ecstatica.com slash show. That's E-X, like exciting, T as in Tom A, 
T-I-C-A dot com slash S-H-O-W. So I want to thank you very much for being with me today. And if you'd like my free um, audio download and ebook called Beyond Orgasm, How to Have a More Deeply Connected Sexual Experience, just go to beyondorgasm.com. So thank you so much for being with me today and indulging my little time here with you. And um, thanks for listening to Ecstatica. This is Ellen Etoff in support of you having an erotic, ecstatic love life. We hope you've learned from and enjoyed the show today. Join us again for another stimulating hour of Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life with your host, Ellen Etoff, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, enjoy the best sex of your life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 